0: I'm going to take it to another level today. You got to go where you're celebrated and not tolerated. I hope you caught that. You need to go where you're celebrated and not where you tolerate tolerated.
1: What's going on, world? Welcome e. to another edition level. of the Secret e. to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined by the middleweight champion of the world, Dr. Middleweight Eric Thomas, and as always, the Barbados
2: sensation, uh, the co co host my brother Carl what's going on oh, fellas man we are we are here Michigan teasing us see we had a sunny day yesterday and we back to rain today and cold again it's I teasing had us, the snow man. on
1: Tuesday so you know just
2: right <laughs> around July me. I promise you four seasons
1: get some, uh, good weather some sunshine the whole nine so yeah no doubt man we don't have to worry about that down here in the A uh it's been sunny for yeah, well, a while whoever whoever the whoever the uh chain owner of... The hotel Four Seasons, I think he's four from Michigan.
2: <laughs> he four
1: Seasons in, in a week. That's what's crazy about it. In a week. No <laughs> doubt, man. Well, let's get into the podcast, man. Am I tripping or, and uh, this week, man, am I tripping or is it rare that you meet somebody who keeps their word? So I'm, I'm going to be real with y'all. Wow. Like mm. You know, we meet a lot of wow. people out on the road and, you know, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Man, I got to give a big shout out to my home girl Nikki hey, y'all, I came in the crib yesterday with a big package. Now, I don't get packages. My wife got a FedEx UPS man coming every day, but rarely is my name on it. You know what I mean? I'm I'm just, like, used to, you know, it being for her. And so I get a package. I'm like, man, this is a big package. It's kind of heavy. Why did somebody who we met, a young lady named Nikki, send me a pair of exclusive Jordans Size 14 in the mail with a letter saying, When I met you in DC, I told you I had the shoe connect and I'm a, a, a person of my word and I wanted to make sure that I sent them to you. And I was like, Wow, like I'm so conditioned to people just talking and not doing nothing right, that I was bugging. Right. And she, yo, know, so big shout out to Nikki. Um, she's from New York, but I met her in DC. She sent me uh, the J's. I think they're like the All Star editions. She had to get them. Yeah, the ones, yeah, baby. Yep. She had to the get ones. them. The Ones. They just yeah, came right. out. The original. Yep. She
2: had to. Hey, she sent me. She. I was a part of your setup. See, she. I had to get your address, and I was like, crap. I ain't want. Oh, okay, you were in. So I, was I was wondering. I was like, you man, address. I don't think
1: I gave her my address. How she get? Yeah. yeah, but no, she. Um, she sent them joints, man, and I was like, wow. So big shout out to her, man. Just being, you know, a person of her word, a woman of her word, that was big, man. I was like, wow, you know, because like Mm -hmm. I said, man, we meet a lot of people, and a lot of folks talk about it. And for those of you who know my pain,
0: if I got anybody out there, if
1: if I got anybody out there who wear a size 14, you know, um, it's not always the easiest getting shoes. So I believe... She said in the letter she had to get them from Germany. I was like, unbelievable. Oh, wow. So she went above and beyond, man. So shout out to her. She listens to the podcast. So I wanted to make sure I started out the show. And not to mention, Carl, we used to E getting everything. You know what I mean? Like, nobody (laughs) sent me and Carl nothing. Like, E (laughs) guys. Hey, they come to my house Right, E got (laughs) shirts, he got hats, he got shoes. I'm talking about every kind of gear you can imagine. Food, drawings, pictures. I ain't got 50 cent in the mail. So it felt kind of good to, uh, (laughs) you know, finally.
0: I did deposit 50 cent into your account last
1: Acknowledgement, (laughs) man, and and my homegirl, Nikki. Yeah, you just leveled up, man. So she's the plug on the shoes, man. So um, real quick, man, um, I want to tell y'all about my weekend, just because I had a big weekend. And um, I joined the Beehive this weekend, guys. It it was, uh, I, I couldn't talk about it on the podcast last week. Did you get information? I was, I, say something. I was in so much formation, it was ridiculous. I mean, it was it was ridiculous, bro. So uh, I couldn't talk about it on the podcast last week, but I know we talked about Beyonce and the Lemonade and all of that. I couldn't talk about it because uh, you know my wife's been popping in on the podcast. And, yeah, listen yeah, but but here goes my thing. Move. She ain't listening so that she can get some information. She's fact checking. No. She like, ah, oh, you said you did this, nope, you didn't do it just like that, nope, that was three weeks ago, you said two. I'm like, boo, okay, is you trying to grow from the podcast or are you just fact checking? So anyway, she's been popping into the podcast randomly, so I couldn't talk about her birthday surprise uh, on the podcast last week, but um, her birthday was Monday. So Sunday, I got a babysitter for Trey, man, and, and drove down um, to the Western Hotel. And, you know, basically told her, hey, we're going to get a babysitter, stay the night at the Westin and just hang out. So she was excited about it. You know, she went shopping, got a new dress. And uh, we checked into the Westin and we went out to dinner at Del Frisco's. Great experience. They took care of me real well at Del Frisco's, had the, you know, birthday stuff ready for. So we had a great time and we were headed back to what she thought was the hotel. And uh, I ended up taking her right. And she was like, where are you going? And I pulled the Beyonce tickets out. And she was, I'm talking about geeked, bruh. So she she's losing her mind. We going to see Beyoncé? All right, we got good seats. The whole nine, man. And I got a chance to go be, like, in the in the heart of the beehive. And, um, oh, man, high. let me tell you mm. something. I know you've seen her live before, but this was my first time since I told y'all I went and seen her back when she opened for Chico the Barge. That's how old I am. Ooh, um, was it a different experience? Uh, it was, let me tell you something, man. It was... You know, just from a, and I'm, you know, obviously I'm a fan. You know, I love Beyonce, she's great. But I'm looking at the production of the thing and it was just insane. I'm talking about like just the theatrics of it. I'm, I'm like caught up. I'm not even listening to the music. I'm just watching the production value. The smoke. I, I was just going to say, smoke. You know, she got oh, the smoke. Oh my God. It was insane. Like they had a screen that was as tall as the whole stadium showing her she was just doing her thing man but i'll tell y'all this with the lemonade album and and her talking i don't know if jay-z cheated on her or what happened but it was a lot of like you know man hate going on in there i have never been so happy to be a faithful husband in my life about halfway (laughs) through some of them songs my wife turned to me and said i can't relate to none of these songs and i was like oh thank you jesus you know what i'm saying because i was like if you in there and you a bro and you brought your girl in there and you listening to that kind of music and you doing wrong, I promise you, you 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 in a world of trouble. But um, so no, my girl was like, I can't even relate to these songs. Like going and do something dangerously in love or something. So um you feel man, me? <laughs> we had a, a, an amazing weekend. And like I said, man, for me, just looking at one of the I mean the top performer in the world. You know what I mean? Like this is somebody absolutely, who is at the absolutely. top of their game, at, at the very top in the world at what she does. And watching that was just crazy insane, man. She came right out with the formation off the cuff, killed it. Oh, Oh, man.
0: ladies, let's get Get it formation. formation.
1: I was like, bruh, like I was was just stunned. And I think the thing that sticks out for me with her, you know, watching her live is like if you go to some concerts and you hear people live, they like out of breath and they can't really keep it, you know, close to the album version. It kind of sound a little bootleg. I'm talking about she sounded exactly the same as she sounded on the song. So I was just tripping, guys, because I'm like, wow, this is like excellence at its finest. And, you know, she ripped it down, man, performed for about two hours. And um, we just had a great time, man. So shout out to the Beehive. They were in there. They knew. I'm talking about the crazy part to me, guys. The album probably came out, what, five, six days before the concert. It was people in there who knew every single song off the new album word for word I'm like yo it just came out five days ago y'all know every word I'm not talking about the chorus I'm talking about they knew the verses everything I was like wow so yeah no shout out to Beyonce uh if she's listening (laughs) you know what I'm saying you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> in case she check, in case she frequents the podcast, thank you for um, you, you know making my wife's birthday memorable. Got up uh, in the morning, man. I had an in-room massage therapist come in and do the prenatal massage for Candice, so it was just an amazing weekend, man. And um, wow. yeah, it, it it was all good. So I, I, I uh, well, you,
0: my, when I told my
1: daughter what you did,
0: she said. Um, goes. miracles, Absolutely.
1: So I was done Absolutely. laughing.
0: Yeah, but you know Jada is, Jada is, oh man, and Jalen, beehived out. Uh, I've been taking them to her concerts, you know, for, for some years now. And um, I got away with murder because I don't know when she coming to the D. But uh, I do want to, I do want to just mad shout out. Uh, of course, I saw, you know, the visual album, uh, My Daughter Made Sure that we sat down and went through each and every one. And that's the one thing about my daughter I love, you know, we both share, um, we both share, man, we have a passion for music, you know, so, you know, whether it's hip-hop, R&B, country, you know, rhythm and blues, my daughter even listens to um, classical music, you know, so my daughter was really, I think, more moved about, um, I mean, man, not just the lyrics like you said, but Jada was like, Dad, the message, you know, and so I just want to shout Beyonce out. It reminds me, of course, you know, d- different genre to some extent of uh, miseducation of Lauren Hill. You know, Lauren actually, you know, broke her, 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 was very transparent, shared her life with us, her life story, you know, her lens. And I think that's the same thing that Beyonce did on this one. And I just want to give her mad props for not feeling as though she had to separate her personal experience and what's happening, you know, in the world, the feminist, you know, perspective, the racism perspective, the entrepreneur, you know, perspective, the mother, the wife, you know, um the, just the whole nine, man. She she, you know, we have entertainers and athletes who hide from, you know, their personal world. They hide from, you know, so the so, their social what, what some would consider responsibility and B then had no problem saying, yo, this is how I feel about racism in America, some of the things that have transpired in the African American community. This is how I feel about, you know, being married. This is how I feel about, man, the lyric that really blew my mind when she was talking about how she wanted her husband, you know, to have the same, you know, got the same nostril size as the Jackson five, <laughs> you know, and I just was like, wow, you know, because, Man, that's just, he, man. It, it just speaks volumes to, you know, her not shying away from, not just being a role model in music, but she, my daughter looks up to her, you know? My daughter looks up to her, and for, my daughter came out like, just every, lemonade, lemonade, dad, you get that? You got that lemonade? I'm like, no, I'm drinking that lime, hey, boo. I don't got no lemonade, you know, but just to, just what she's doing for, you know, other young women, what she's doing for the industry, how she's making us think, rethink what we're doing, the level in which we're doing it on, how we need to take our game to the next level. So yeah, big ups, man, for Beyonce in this project, and uh, I don't know if she could top this one. See, I'm, I, I this one, yeah, this one may be untouchable. All right, well,
1: we'll see. We shall see. I mean, you know, it was uh, definitely, you know, something that was unexpected. I don't think anybody expected her to come quite so personal. But, you know, she controlled her own narrative and you got to love that. You know what I mean? She didn't say, all right, we're going to get this interview to Good Morning America and I'm going to talk about it there. I'm going to go, you know, sit down with Oprah and talk about it. You know, she talked about it when she got ready. If y'all really think about it between the elevator situation and Lemonade, she had an album in between and she ain't say nothing about none of this. Right. You know, she waited until she was ready and, and, you know, blessed the world with it. So, um, yeah, no, shout out to her for that, man. Um, we'll get off of that and, and transition. Carl, did you feel my transition coming? Uh, I felt it all the way through. Okay, cool. So um, and I, I kind of want to bring up something. E and I had, I don't know, we were on the phone last night for, I don't know, hour or so. And one of the things we talked about was sacrifice. And I, I thought, E, you were making such a, a, a strong point that I wanted to bring it to the podcast today. And one of the things you said was, if people saw their sacrifice, not as a sacrifice, but as an investment, it would change the way in which they operated in terms of that sacrifice. And I was like, wow, like, and you broke down how a sacrifice was really an investment. But because we don't see it as an investment, it's so hard to do. And we look at it and it sometimes gets the best of us. And so, E, I'll be remiss if I didn't ask you to, you know, kind of elaborate on that. For the listeners because I thought it was such a solid point and I didn't even really think about it in those terms But you talked about sacrifice being an investment break that down for us. yeah,
0: you know it to me though Here's I just want to start here, you know, because I just I've run into so many people see on so many levels Whether it's my D1 athletes, Whether it's my pros, you know um, Whether it's you know amateur what you know, whatever man Um, the, 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 the husband You know, the student, I run into so many people who have these goals and these dreams and these aspirations and, you know, it's always the tangibles that they're looking at. You know, how many books do I have to read? You know, what principles do I need to, you know, incorporate? And and again, that's good, but oftentimes, see, they overlook the intangibles, you know, the things that, you know, that you have to do in your private life in the dark. That really separates you and one of those things is that everybody we look up to the Beyonce's you know, the, the the Kobe Bryant's of the world, you know, whoever it is we look up to what we fail to realize is that these individuals are making some serious Sacrifices, you, you know, what I'm saying like you want to be like Kobe But you don't want to be the first in the gym and the last one to leave like you don't want to be the one who when the game is over You shooting that shot that you missed for hours, you know, and so I find it funny that people want to live a life of excellence. You know, they want to be millionaires and billionaires and they want to have influence and travel the world, but they don't want to give up nothing. You know, and it's, it's just so odd to me. It's like, yo, do you realize that, a, a, that if we are obese in any area of our lives, all it's saying, uh, look, all obesity in any area is saying is that you overindulged. Like that's all it's saying. You're not a bad person. You know what I'm saying? It's just saying, like, for instance, if you like um candy bars, that you murk, you murking them, you murdering candy bars, the cookie and ice cream, the 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 T G I M. it's nothing wrong, CJ, with having like you're not you're not the, the worst person in the world because you have some cookies and ice cream every blue moon. But if you eat ice cream and cookies every day, all day, and you're not making no sacrifices, the dude with the six-pack, and we both know this, C. He didn't necessarily outwork you in terms of push-ups and sit-ups and at work. He out-ate you. Or under-ate. Like, like and most people, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, he under-ate you, right? It, what, what 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 people don't realize is that it's the diet. So the dude with the abs is not only going in the gym, but he's making a serious sacrifice. And I used to tease, see back in the day, and I used to say, like some women, they just shaped like this, born like this. And then after a while, I started hanging in different communities and was like, yo, sister girl look like that because she eating a Caesar, a chicken Caesar salad. She not smashing out on the burgers and the fries. You know what I'm saying? And she not drinking her calories with a milkshake. She making some serious, she up in the morning working out. She at night, she not eating after a certain time. Like she putting in work. And so I, I was just saying to see that, you know, no decision that we make or that we call a sacrifice is a sacrifice. The decisions that we make that that some would consider to be a sacrifice is really just an investment, bro. Yeah, but right? I think, so I think getting it's getting the delayed
1: gratification, you know, aspect. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you're right. Like, okay, I know that if I'm hitting these cookies and ice cream, you know, it could lead to a gut, as you talked about in the TGIM. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I don't eat the cookies and ice cream right now, it's not like I'm going to have a six-pack tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like... It's going, they're, they're, it's going to take time. And then I might not see that for another year, another two years. I can
2: feel the goodness of this cookies and ice cream right now. <laughs> right now. Hey, The, the one thing I, I remember having a conversation with some of our students at, um, at Michigan State a while back. And I said, I told, and I'll be honest, I forgot about the conversation. But I told, I told the, the dudes, be careful what you do now. Because while it's a one-time feel-good now it'll make it real easy to feel good the second time and the third time. And then that becomes a habit that you didn't intend to create. And now we all know how hard it is to break a habit. So you create this habit of every time something go wrong, you're going to smash a cookie and ice cream to feel better or whatever. You know, I'm just using that as an analogy. But it just makes it that much easier the second time to go hit it and the third time. And before long, like you've created a habit. And I'll, be, I'll be specific. I was talking to the young men about, you know, females, like how you deal with females. I'm like, like, how many of y'all actually plan to have like a, a wife and a happy marriage and kids and that kind of stuff? And they were like, oh, for sure. All of us. And I'm like, well, the things that you're doing now, is that leading you to that? You know what I mean? It, the habits that you're doing now. Like, I see I saw y'all like the, the, the reason we had the conversation. I saw them. I'm like, yo, you was hollering at home, girl. I know you was talking to her like what's really going on. So you creating a habit now that you're telling me is not a goal that you want. So let's just be real. Like, what do you want? Like, in terms of the, the investment, what do you want? You have to figure out what you want. And at the end of the day, like he's saying, it ain't no sacrifice if you're going to get what you want. If you do want a happy marriage, if you do want a six-pack, like, it's the investment you got to put in. You don't start a business without, you know, some investment. You got to put something in to get yeah, something out. Yeah, I
1: know. Out. And I think it takes a level of maturity to understand that. Because, like I said, those those investments take a long time to pay off. You know, you got a 401k, it looks sweet because, you know, you got money in there, but at the same time, you might not be able to take it out till you're 65, 70 years old. You're looking like, look, I need to buy that right now. You know what I'm saying? That's going to make me feel happy now. And so I would say, E, what do you say to people who are struggling with that, you know, immediate gratification versus delayed gratification in that, okay, you asking me to do something and I understand that, yeah, it might be this big payoff at the end. But what about now? You know,
0: and I think, for, I think, see, for me, that's why modeling is so important, you know, because you, I can't expect, see, to think like a 65-year-old when I'm 45. But if I hang around a couple of 65-year-olds and and I listen to them, like, that, that's, why, that's why I am who I am today. Like, people be thinking, like, yo, E-mad discipline. I'm not. The reality, see, is that I know what Carl is talking about. I've, I've, I've seen the consequences of dudes, you know, who haven't been faithful and I see a bunch of us kids walking around like I had my sister uh, Who's probably 44 visit this weekend? My daughter had her prom I'm looking like yo, I got a 44 year old sister. That I don't have a relationship with you, you know what I'm saying like she 44 we trying to build a relationship at 44 why because of some decisions a young man made When he was 18 and didn't really think about, or 20 years old, 21, he didn't really think about um, what he did at that particular point and just having fun, how that would have a major impact on somebody else's life. Like, he didn't think that far ahead. So that's why I always tell kids, yo, think and then forward think. And no, you may not be able to think like you're supposed to think you know, at, at 20 or 21, but get around 31-year-olds, 41-year-olds, 51-year-olds. And let me tell you, this is what bothers me. I, and, and, and I had this discussion the other day. Like, we all make mistakes. I get that. We're all young. But what bothers me is what Carl is talking about. I know dudes 50 who still, still they can't break it. See? I know dudes that, you know, who 40-something like me that still can't keep a job, that's still living from check to check. And none of this happened when they were 40. 90% of the dudes that I know who's struggling right now. This is mistakes. They start making at 16 17 18 and it never snapped So if you could go through your teens and 20s and make mistakes and everybody bounce back I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'm like, oh, okay, we make mistakes. We bounce back But I'm telling you I don't know how many friends I have that are not making six figures like we are the anomaly master degrees wives Kids from the same, you know what? We are anomalies, bro. And I'm not trying to put nobody out there. I'm not trying to make nobody feel bad on this podcast. But what I am saying is that the delayed gratification is the same thing. Oh, every generation that people are not seeing how important. So to me, I'm like, this is what somebody told me that blew my mind when I was a teenager that changed me forever. They said, "E, you ain't gonna be a teenager, bro, but for six six years." So, from 13 to 19, you're gonna be a teenager. You're gonna be an adult for the rest of your life. So, don't let six years turn the rest of your life out because you're only gonna be a teenager for six years. So, I'm like, yo, the delayed gratification, it's not even up for grabs. You are not going to be at 30 thinking about what you was thinking about at 20, at 40, what you was thinking about at 20, at 50, what you. So, I'm just saying to all my parents out there that's like, yo, what do we do? man, get your kids around people who are close to their age, you know, just finished whatever generation they just finished, the generation after that generation, the generation after that generation, and surround yourself and surround your kids and your family with gurus who can say the same thing you're saying to your kids, because I'm going to be honest, it's hurtful when you have, I'll never forget, man, I saw this dude, I ain't gonna say you know which squad, but I remember seeing this dude. He was a general manager I remember seeing this dude cry when his team, you know lost uh, in the road to the final four I remember seeing this kid cry and I was thinking to myself see like I ain't trying to be funny but what would make you cry like you're gr- you crying like you just lost a loved one like I didn't really get it and I'm telling you see the longer I've been around sports the longer I've gone to practices, the longer I've seen what these kids have to endure. I've gone on trips and seeing how they don't get home at two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I see why they crying. You put in too much work. You work too hard. You put in too many hours. Not to win the tourney every year when you see the teams that don't win the tourney you see dudes i seen dudes get on their knees crying i seen dudes lay on the ground crying and I'm thinking bro. Can it be that deep? I never played on that level, but when you put in that much work So all I'm saying to shorties is you put in that much work and you came up short Like my boy Bob told me something deep. He said E, drop out. I said why he said bro you going to school every day and you still getting D's and you still getting? He's like, it don't make sense. You get, I'm get, I'm failing, and I'm not even going. And you failing, and you going every day. So the delayed gratification, man, I just get super excited about it, or super passionate about it because I just see so many dudes that didn't bounce back from. their Yeah, teenage no, I years. agree, and
1: I think we got to put some of the onus on the young people as well to get around. You, you said it. They need to get around yep. the older people yep. and get the wisdom. Yep, absolutely, man. It's crazy you actually say that, and I promise you, this was. Uh, Monday, right? So I had my auxiliary input and the truck was broke. So it was like, you know, I try to listen to, you know, my stuff on my phone and I don't have Bluetooth in there or whatever. So I went into the shop and I'm like trying to get it fixed. Long story short, they couldn't fix the auxiliary input or it was going to be too much or whatever. So my man put like a Bluetooth in there for me, right? Like just manufacture one in there so I had, you know, I was like, man, how long is it going to take? He was like, it's going to take about an hour. So I was like, all right, cool. So I got my headphones out of the truck and was about to just start getting some, you know, answering some emails, doing some work, put my headphones on and went and sat on the bench. And it was probably dude, he had to be about 80, an older black gentleman sitting next to me. And I had my headphones in and I was just on my email and I was, I said hello to him or whatever. But he was sitting there. Of course, he didn't have his phone out. Right. You know, he was just, you know, chilling, look like he was waiting on his car as well. And something told me I was like, see, get off your phone, take your headphones out your ears and enjoy a conversation with this gentleman. Like literally, like it was that clear that it, w- it was said to me. So I, I was like, you're right. Boom. I took my headphones out, you know, put my phone down and I said, how you doing, sir? You know, what's going on? And, you know, man, once you get them going. Um, I might have asked him, you know, you from Atlanta originally? He was like, no, I'm from New York. And my man sat there and I promise you for an entire hour, just dropped nothing but nuggets on me. My man was talking about his kids. He got, you know, five boys and four girls married to the same woman, 55 years. I was asking him about the secret to longevity in your marriage. You know, how, you know, those of you who know me know I'm having a girl now. So how is it different raising your boys and your girls and, you know, how does it change when they get older and just had an a, a, an amazing conversation with this gentleman, right? And I was thinking to myself afterwards, I was so full and the information was so rich and we had such a good time. And I was like, man, you would have missed out on this experience. Like, we so caught up in our phones. We so caught up in social media and all these other things. And we got our head down and the world is just passing us by. And these, you know, these old school cats who got all this game and all this information to give, we're not even giving them the chance or acting like we want to hear anything they got to say. And I sat there and enjoyed that conversation and was like, wow, I would have felt terrible had I just left my headphones in and been to myself for an hour, but instead I just got such a rich experience and so much information and we laughed and we talked about, you know, how things were in the old times. And he told me about his uncle, who was like the first ranking member, you know, of the police force in New York and how it was different when he moved to Atlanta and, you know, just the cultural differences. And man, it was just an outstanding conversation. So I think we have to put the onus on the young people to take your, your head out of Snapchat for a minute. Absolutely. Get off of Twitter Absolutely. for one second and start yeah. acknowledging these yeah. people and getting that information because that's the only way we're going to go to the next level is if we learn from the generation that was before us.
2: Hey, I got a rule at my house, see, that you come into my house, I don't care who you are or what you got going on, you can't have no headphones mm. in. Like, it's, mm, it's people right. in here. Like, and that's something that I, I remember, I remember when Apple was blowing up And I remember one day walking across campus, just walked out of Bessie Hall, and I saw it was like, you know, classes had just, you know, switched out or whatever, and you got like hundreds of kids crossing the street going to class. And I'm telling y'all, 95, I'd say 95 to 98 percent of the kids had headphones in their ears. And it like that moment hit me like, whoa. Like, the world just changed and nobody even noticed. Like, people are not talking to people anymore. And I, I always make a joke. Like, I don't know if Steve, was, Steve Jobs was intentional calling the iPhone and the iPod and all that, but I yeah. promise you that's exactly yeah. what it is yeah. now. It's I. Yeah. I. It ain't nothing all else existing. It's just yeah. I. And I was like, yo, you can't come in my house doing that no more just for the mere fact that I'm a human being and 90 percent of the time all you're doing like you said see is getting entertainment you're not even getting no value out of the stuff that you're doing you're watching people do dumb stuff on you know the internet you're sharing it you're whatever whatever but you come into my house i told one one little girl last week she go to church with us i was like yo, next time you walk in here with headphones i'm gonna just walk by you with a scissors i'm not playing you'll have to go buy you a new pair you're not going to do that in my presence not because i'm deep but I might want to learn Absolutely. something from you. You know what I'm saying? There's just knowledge that could be shared. Absolutely. You having experiences I'm not having. You know what I'm saying? There's so many people having different different experiences in life. Like you said, I remember talking to Rob E. from Lenar. I talked to Rob for like an yep. hour. I yep. see exactly what you said. Rob walked me through... Every step of child, like, rearing children. He's like, oh, yeah, my favorite stage was this. And then when they turned this, this happened. And when they turned this, watch out for this. Like, I lost my son around 12. This was the point when he so be careful. Make sure you prepare yourself. He's like, because it hurt me real bad. And as a dad, I had to kind of regroup and figure out how to deal with my man now because he turned in 13, 14, whatever. And I'm sitting there, like you said, like, wow. Like, my man just right, gave me the right. blueprint. So now I could kind of be prepared to what's going on. So, yeah, man, a word, like C saying, just, just co-signing that. Take them headphones out. I mean, especially when you're around people. you you in your little corner, do your thing. But you around people, man, it's yeah. knowledge. Don't Not let that go away. Not to mention, man, you,
1: like, you, you, it's just rude anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, can we just get to that point? Well, like, yeah. Well, it ain't rude no more than this generation, see, because they grew up. You know, I look at that?
0: Carl's kids. They young. And they know how to go through that computer. They know how to oh. go through... The iPod, the iPhone, like they know how to go through it and find all their stuff. So I will say this though, I, I I want to put a challenge out. You know, we've seen the water challenge, the push-up challenge, you know, fatherhood challenge. We've seen a lot of challenges. I want to challenge, you know, those of you out there, um, whether you're a child or a parent, you know, to like Carl said, get engaged. But I, I want I wanna do something, I wanna do it tangibly. So for instance, my door I don't listen to music. I don't watch TV. I don't do any of that really these days. Um, It's not that I have anything against it, but just time-wise and just focus. But I watched the visual album with my daughter. That's Beyonce. She loved Beyonce. So I sat down, watched the visual album with my daughter, critiqued it with her. Then I got up and preached about it. We got to get information. You know what I'm saying? So I let my daughter know I internalized the album. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't sit there and watch it. My son's coming over the day at 10, he's got a book he's reading over the summer, we reading the book together. So he reads it on his own, I read it on my own, we spend an hour together two, three times out of the week and we actually go over that book. My wife has a conference about three hours from here every year she goes to. I'll be going to that conference with my wife and that's a three hour drive, I won't have my phone, no music, I'll talk to her the whole three hours, After she finishes the conference, we're going to go shopping. We're going to go out. It's going to be her time. So I just want to say for those of you out there, those who are grinding, fathers, you out there grinding, entrepreneurs, mothers, you out there grinding, try to find something that you have in common with your loved ones, not, not on your terms, but something on their terms that they're doing and get them 30 minutes in their world, an hour in their world. And I'm telling you, it will make a huge, huge difference. And I told my son this, see, I said, look, I don't want you to be a 30, 20-year-old. I'm not interested in you being 20, acting like you're 30. But what I'm not interested in either is you allowing your 20s to turn into your 30s, to turn into your 40s, to turn into your 50s. I want you to enjoy your teenage years. I want you to enjoy college. But I don't want you to enjoy it at the expense of Hmm. your future.
1: What what was the quote yours used to say to us, E, in terms of making decisions don't make a lifetime decision off a temporary feeling
0: yeah yeah Mm. don't do it bro Mm. don't do it and that's hard yes parents don't get it twisted let's remember who we are it's hard you know but at the same time we have to set a benchmark you know i don't think the spurs is going to be satisfied if they win the western conference finals they want to win a championship so parents i want to empower you there's nothing wrong with wanting to win the championship nothing. That's what you should push for nothing less But if you end up winning the Eastern uh, Western Conference Finals, you, you know celebrate that Learn from that make adjustments that you need to make move forward Don't be one of those parents that you can't celebrate the victories You know what I'm saying like celebrate the victories, but man We must push our children for excellence like we must push them and we cannot feel bad about pushing them. We cannot feel bad, but at the same time when they make an error, let's not put them in a Situation where they feel like you know, they don't have the Liberty to, to, to bounce back from that mistake And they don't have the tools that they need to make their corrections in the adjustments. So let's give them grace where grace is necessary. But at the same time Let's hey let's do like the Boston Celtics. We only hang up championship banners. We're not satisfied with all the other stuff we only hang up championship banners. So let's set a high level of expectation because this is what I realize parents, people will rise to the level of your expectation. If you set low expectations, that's what they're going to reach for. If you set high expectations, they're going to reach from that. And it doesn't mean that they're going to reach them all, but I guarantee you, if you don't set them, they definitely not going to reach them.
2: Hey, my wife got a pet peeve. See, my wife says, okay, we got to stop as parents celebrating everything though because it gives the kids unrealistic expectations so your kid goes up there to do whatever I don't know read the spelling bee whatever and they did a terrible job and you get them like "Woo, you did good baby no no you gotta be real (laughs) with your kids she said you tell them hey this was not bad but we got some work to do and let's get back and work on it together but yeah that's one of our pet peeves in our home man you can't lie to your kids should
1: I be clapping when Trey uses the potty or not is that is that a big enough achievement? Hey, hey, that's
2: a that's a real important one though. See, I think you could clap for that because that's going to change a yeah. lot yeah, of no, your life. we potty training right
1: now, Carl, and I. I'm like, so you know, in the morning when he wakes up, I'm like, all right, first thing, let's go get on the potty. Some days I promise he'll stroll right over there and do it. And days like today, this little joker literally ran all through the crib trying his hardest not to go to the bathroom. So he runs out of his room, runs in our room, I chase him in our room, he runs into the bathroom, open up the door, he runs through my legs, into the closet, close the door, and is trying to hide under some clothes because he don't want to use the bathroom. I'm saying, bro, I'm just asking you to pee. Like, this ain't that deep, let's go. And uh, so, yeah, no, I'm having some uh, challenges right now. You know, we're about 50-50 every once in a while. He'll have an accident, but um yeah, we're trying to, we're definitely celebrating every time he does go, though, because we want him to know. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, you know, we do have to, you know, watch how much we're celebrating and make sure we're not over celebrating because, you know, like you said, it's unrealistic when you get into the real world, you know. So there's some truth to that matter, and I'm sure there's some science that's contradictory that say. You know you're supposed to celebrate everything and keep their you know self esteem high and you know that's kind of for you to figure out. But I think the point is is clear that you know we do have to set a level of expectation for our you know our, our children and for each other. Yeah.
0: Hey, hey, let me say this, man. On that note, you know, because a lot of you, you know, we shifted to somewhat of a parent child type situation. But let let's 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 take it to another level because I believe there are a lot of you that are listening to this podcast. And, and again, I never want to discourage anybody, but I have to keep it real I think a lot of you will never get to what you dream dreaming. like you're gonna be frustrated for a long long time Because you don't live in the type of environment That will that that has those benchmarks that has that level of accountability That will even let you go there. So I, I won't see and Carl to speak to y'all And again, we shifting it, and you talking about, you know, dudes, and I'm about to call them kids, but dudes who are 12 years younger than me, who, especially when we talk about, you know, the education, the Ph.D. had had to correct me. So, look, and don't get it twisted. At the time when, you know, C. had to say, yo, E., I can't come out with another mixtape, you know what I'm saying, until you get your Ph.D., a time when Carl had to say, um, you know, because I think the way it happened, like, C might have come at me and said, Yo, E, I can't do this until you do this. I still, to be honest with you, it registered and I felt him. But then Carl had put some stuff on it, it like right around Christmas on Yo, E, I ain't trying to be funny, but my wife going to graduate before you graduate. And you've been doing, you started way before. So, I, what I, I want you two to talk and keep it 100. Because somebody needs to get to that next level see because I think you got two type of people who don't make their dreams become reality One is a group of people that cannot speak truth to the people they're around like they just gonna not tell the truth They not gonna tell homegirl. She can't sing. They not gonna say you got a boogie in your nose They not gonna say your breath stank. They not gonna hold you accountable because they want to be your friends so bad You know that, that that they don't push you and then you got another group. They don't want to be around people who will push them they want to be around inferior people. They want to be around people who won't say anything to them won't correct them So so y'all have walk walk, walk my audience through and either one can go first see walk through What's that's like to have to tell somebody that you have a relationship with that you love that you see like a brother? Say yo, e, bro. We can't do I like I let you get away with three and I want to play Carl at some point. I want to play the track because yep, some people may double. be like, what is E talking yep. about? I don't I don't I don't know that. So so speak to me. See on what, how you were able to just say, OK, I got to be real with E and Carl. How were you able to in the midst of a casual conversation say like, yo, E I ain't trying to, you know, what I'm saying I ain't trying to dog you out. But right now. You are out of order in terms of you're supposed to be finished with school by now. And yeah, like Carl said, you're doing a million things. Eat as positive, but you got this one thing that we can't pretend like that elephant ain't in the room. And there's so many of you, you got elephants in the room. You'll never blow up. It ain't enough room. The elephant taking the whole doggone space. And so just talk to him, God, not parent and child. Now, now we going with younger dudes in my organization who have to check the leader and and, and create an environment where nobody is above being corrected. Yeah, so
1: let's play that audio real quick, triple-double, Carl, from the album, and then uh, we'll jump into it.
0: So the inability to self-assess, the inability to say where you really are, who you really are, that's a challenge for most people. So CJ said to me, real plain. See, when the next mixtape, they keep calling me. They keep bothering me. When the next mixtape, now C about twelve years younger than me, but we had to have we had to have that heart to heart. Like E, do me a favor. Like, don't come at me like that no more, and don't come at me about no mixtape. So the dynamics in the relationship changed during that conversation, right? And so what C said was, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you got to understand, you're making it hard for me. Just the third or the fourth one
1: going on the fourth.
0: Going on the fourth one. He said, E, you got to understand my position. You said on the first mixtape you was getting a Ph.D. And I ain't say nothing to you about it. Then you said on the second one you getting your Ph.D. And I let it rise. (laughs) And even on the third one, I still pushed it, not really wanting to push it. And you still kept saying you was going to get your Ph.D. I cannot come out with another mixtape until you get your Ph.D. when the next mixtape coming out. I'm going to say it again because I think you probably missed it. I said, what's the date? When is the next mixtape coming out? He said, you call him and you tell him when the next one's coming out because only you can decide when you're going to finish your PhD. What C was saying was not about the mixtape. He was saying that there's a milestone that you have not completed yet. There's a milestone that you haven't done that has to be done. He said, as a matter of fact, we ain't really talk about it, and we ain't even spread. I don't even know if you want me to tell it. But the next mixtape, he said, he is PhD. That's the next mixtape. That will be the heart of where I gain my information from. That's it. So until you complete that I can't even do it I can't and so listen to me very closely there is this one area and I know I love you I love you I do I do I do I'm going to take you to another level because there are those of you you like ET financially like I'm a beast and you walk around with it like I got money but your marriage sucks I don't know who you think you're dealing with I ain't on that I'm not on that I'm not I'm triple double I'm not on that. I'm not on no, you got one area you're doing well in, you're just gonna hang your hat on that one area. Right, right, right. I'm not on that, I'm triple-double. We talk about being phenomenal. We talk about, I've been married 25 years, we talk about my wife still pissed when I get on the road. Not pissed in that, she don't want me to speak, but that's that, you gotta you got, you got get there when? I thought you were speaking on Saturday, why you gotta go on Friday? <laughs> That, can we go to the Cheesecake Factory before you go? Right. That also, oh, you will see just big time, so you can't call nobody? <laughs> <laughs> my son, I'm waking up and my son is texting me. My daughter is texting me. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? This ain't no. Listen to me. This ain't what you think it is. This ain't no. I'm coming out and talking to you, and I'm getting you pumped up, and I'm firing you up, and you like et he the man. No, I, no disrespect to you, but I don't care when you say I'm the man because you have nothing to base that off of. Right. Mm-hmm. It's when I walk in the crib and my girl Ben, Listen to me. Married 25, been with me 29. When I walk in the crib and she say, "You the man,"
2: right, right, right,
0: right. Then I'm the man. <laughs>
1: All right, so you heard it and you know, he's absolutely right. You know, we did do the mixtapes. And so, you know, it was a situation for me where like I literally went back when I was getting ready to do the album. I literally went back, you know, through the the mixtape process and was listening to some of the tracks and on every one, you know, I kept hearing e say, I'm a dissertation away from my PhD. I'm a dissertation away from my PhD. And I was like, "Yo, okay, I hadn't really thought about it because and not that I hadn't thought about it, like, you know, he was kind of always in the program, but not really necessarily pushing towards it. But I knew that at some point he would get on it. But I started to look at our brand and I said, OK, what do we stand for? We stand for execution, right? We stand for going to the next level, getting the maximum out of whatever you're doing, completion, finishing. These are all values that we live by. And I started looking at E saying, Okay, bro, I know you plan on finishing this PhD, but how many more projects can we put out where the king of execution, Mr. Execution, still doesn't have his PhD? And I started looking at it and I just had to be real with E. E asked me one day, see everybody on me about the mixtape and the album, you know, when you going to put it out? And I just looked at him and I was like, E, and this is because I love him. And I'm like, yo, at a minute, you about to, you know, DJ Khaled, congratulations, you playing yourself. Like it was almost to the point where you was going to start playing yourself by putting out another album or a mixtape talking about execution, yet you still haven't executed on one of your main objectives since I've known you. And so I just had to be real and say, Ew, we can't put out nothing else. Matter of fact, freeze everything until you finish that PhD, because it's a situation where, you know, you're going to end up You know look losing credibility with our audience like you will literally and I can't let you go out like that Like I can't let you start to look like a hypocrite. You telling everybody else finish your degree finish high school Graduate go on do these big things yet. There's still this one tiny area now he might have executed and he did execute on 99.7% of the other stuff that he said he was gonna execute on but there was still this one area and it was so glaring That I would be remiss if I didn't actually tell him about that and tell him how it looked. And I thank God I did because the next semester he was enrolled in class. Look, and I don't don't know if people think you got an honorary doctorate. I don't know what people think. But he was literally sitting in class. Like we were videotaping him from outside the class. And if you know E. The ADD, ADHD kick in strong. He is not the dude to sit in class for two hours, but he literally was back sitting in the classroom and going back through it. And then we named the album Dr. Thomas and it went way up the charts and people were so thrilled with it. But I was so happy to be able to put out a project where we can say, boom, another stamp, completion, believe what we're talking about. This is real. We really get this done. And so I think for us it was a credibility thing, but for me, it was principles over feelings. We talked about it, you know, on the podcast before. It was a principle that we live by execution. So while my feelings might have been like, yo, E grinding. He working hard. He traveling the world. He repping the company well. He's a great guy. He's a pastor, a husband, a father, a motivational speaker, a teacher, a lecturer. He doing free speeches all across the country in these high schools. Let him, leave him alone about the PhD, see? My feelings said that, like on everything. Like I didn't want to come to you e with that, but my principal said, yo, we tell each other the truth and we're honest with each other. And so the principal overrode the feeling. And as a result of that, We got the PhD. We got it done. And I say we because we all were a part of that process. So I got a little, I might have an honorary, but, you know, we got it done. And that's at the end of the day, what counts? E is now Dr. Eric Thomas because of the fact that Carl and I were willing to push him and tell him the truth and keep principles over feelings.
2: Hey, and and for me, I'll, I'll say this jokingly, but it was just payback for me. I mean, see. E had been on our head for so long with so many things. I finally got that one thing that I could beat him <laughs> over the head. <laughs> so it was just some payback. <laughs> hey, but no, on a real. I mean, just C said most of it, but you have to understand. Like we've been calling E in every speech a high school dropout. You know what I mean? So that's the ultimate like finish line for a high school mm-hmm. dropout. So in terms of the brand, do you understand the credibility? I mean, like I said, she said all of this, but in terms of credibility, man, like for the brand, it is so huge. And our brand is... If you put 120, I'll just say it in one sentence, well, two, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, you'll be successful, number one. Number two, if you put 120% effort in everything you do, you could get it done. That's what we believe. That's what we, you know what I'm saying? That's what you hear in every presentation. That's what you hear in every podcast, every mixtape. That, that's what you hear from us. So to have that one area, like C said, that was so critical, though, because we, everybody knows is the high school, you know, high school dropout. That's one thing you've heard your entire life. Like, there's no other way to finish that story completely than to go all the way you could in an educational field. You know what I'm saying? Like the PhD is pretty much, I mean, you could do a postdoc, but a graduate degree is like the extent. That's the finish line, you know, for, for that story. That's like the complete like success, you know, mm-hmm. rags to riches story. So we couldn't sit by and watch, you know, he come this close to it For so long. And that's the other thing. You were this close for so long. It's not like he was now starting the program. It's not like he had to enroll or he had to find an area of interest and it was a lot to do. No, he had, what, about two years in already? It was probably about two years into the program already. We just had to get that last piece, like get that dissertation process going and get it done. Nobody said it was going to be easy, but we just knew it had to get done. He was starting
1: to use the fact that he only had the dissertation... As a crutch, where I can say right. I'm in the As PhD program yep. and I'm about to be yep. a doctor yep. and I'm working on it, and I'm like, okay, that's that's five years now. The dissertation been in, un, underway, so at yep. some point, the yep. dissertation got to be done. And I know it was tough, man, and and he was able to pull it off. And you know, I'll be honest, it took our brand to a whole nother level. People saw the level of execution, level. and I think yep. what was so deep is you talked about not wanting to do it again, sacrificing. You said. Yo, I hate school. Like, I don't even want to be in these classes. Mm -hmm. I don't want to write. I'm not a writer. But you did it anyway. And I'm looking at, wow, we just talked about it. Sacrifice. But the investment that we were able to make. You know what I mean? The investment. Like, now you're a doctor for the rest of your life. Like, until E.T. is gone, he is a doctor from here on out. So it was a temporary sacrifice. It was an investment that now will carry him through for the rest of his life.
2: Hey, and and then just to finish out what I was saying, see, E created, let me give kudos to E because he created a community Mm -hmm. around him that would keep him Mm -hmm. accountable. So that's, at the end of the day, that's what you got to do for yourself. I don't care who they are, how old, I'm telling you, see, how many times have your son checked you? I'm talking about my three-year-old son checking me on stuff that I said. So you create that accountability group, the people around you that can keep it honest with you. And that's what you, you have to have that, you know what I'm saying? Otherwise, you're going to be stuck. That's the reality. Like you have to have people around you that's going to mm-hmm. keep it real and tell you just point blank this the facts. Like I don't, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not these are the facts. You said you were going to get a PhD done 2 years ago and we don't have it done yet. For me, my wife was doing the same process. She was probably about a year behind you, right? E? It's probably about yep. a year behind. Yep. So I'm like, "Oh, e, yep. from what I'm right. seeing, She's about she to making do in six and months. She was in the undergraduate yeah, program. Yeah, she's making no up a lot of crap. You, you, know, crap. you <laughs> feel me? <laughs> right. You Where know, well, you started. <laughs> right. She just graduated high school. She just
1: finishing her uh, uh, high school <laughs> diploma. K through 12. <laughs> yeah, K through <laughs> 12. You started the PhD process and you ain't got it done yet. So, nah, man, I, uh, so, I, yeah, I, man. I second all of that, man. And um, great information, guys. Carl, did you sense the shift? We ready? We ready? Okay. Oh, we'll it's coming. The sure. Ask ET. I yeah, was going to yeah, say yeah, no for doubt. you. It's gonna, ready. We're going to roll into the Ask ET segment, of course, as always, brought to you by ETA Grind Gear, redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to this podcast can use the promo code SECRET2SUCCESS and get an extra 20% off at checkout. Go check out those Honor Die Craft shirts. They're, they're crazy. Um, check out the books, the other stuff that we have on display for you guys. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump right into... The Ask ET segment. Here's a here's a funny one I found and I, I'd like to know because I'm not sure I know the answer for E anyway. I think, I, maybe I do. But um, this person asks, uh, let's see, Hannah in Minnesota wants to know, hey guys, how did each of you propose to your wives? Well, since I'm the oldest and
0: proposed uh, back in the dinosaurs' <laughs> days... Um, <laughs> I was young, man, I was, I was, man, I wasn't 19, you know, it was a, I, I proposed to my wife, Southfield, Michigan, there's a Fridays in Southfield, Michigan, and I proposed to my wife at the Fridays, um, I don't even know if they had two for 20 then, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that might have been more expensive even then, but um, I, I remember having a waiter come by and I got on my knee, you know, and proposed, so it was, you know, unfortunately, it was at the uh, Friday dates. My man didn't have a lot of money, but she did say yes, though. See? Did you have a ring? I did. I, I, well, some of them, somewhat, <laughs> s- somewhat of a ring.
1: Yeah,
0: somewhat but of a ring. It wasn't rings. one of those Some sucker
1: rings, was it?
0: Uh, well, somewhat. It was my grandma's that I borrowed from my grandma. I gave it back to
2: her. <laughs> Got it, Carl. Uh, so, hey, see, you had the most romantic story, oh, so I'm going to try to get in quick. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Tamisha and I had a spot. We used to go to Moores River here in Lansing, like, you know, just a cool little park. We used to go to all the time and just hang out. And um, we went up there, man, and we were just hanging out. And, you know, I just kind of walked over. and she, she To this day, she won't let me forget the line. I, I She told me I MasterCarded her for the proposal. You know, MasterCard had this, you know, the hmm. priceless thing. So I, I don't remember exact words, but I kind of gave her, you know, this was, co- oh, so here's what I did. It was like a whole day. We did the spa, you know, I took her, got, you know, the facial, the whole nine, everything, massage, all that. Went and bought her a couple of things then in the evening. We went to the park and the park, I, <laughs> what I did was I kind of pulled out the receipts and I was like, yo, the massage <laughs> was this, the facial was this, you know, this was that. But I was like, yo, life with you, would life without, life with you, I think I said, would be priceless. And I just went down on one knee right there, like, life with you would be priceless." And mm. drop down, like, "Yo, would you spend the rest of your life with me?" So that was it, man. But hey, in another episode, I gotta get a wedding story. See, not this one. Oh Let's yeah, no, no we- yeah, that was, yeah, well, that,
1: yeah was, that was. Now that was even crazier, um, for sure. Yeah, so no, yeah. man, uh, you know, it, 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 it wasn't a big deal, man. I just asked her, you know, if she'd marry me. We, you know, she said yes. Whatever. No, whatever, we um, Whatever. No, we see, had a, I had. She was in Atlanta on an internship. And actually, the same Weston that we went to the other day. I try, See, I try to create a little nostalgia, you know what I'm saying? But the Weston in Atlanta, if you guys, whoever, you know, you're familiar with Atlanta, the tall one on Peachtree, the, the huge um, cylinder-shaped one, you know, has a restaurant at the top, the sundial, that, like, spins or whatever. And so it's like a thousand floors in, in the air. And um, on 4th of July, I did it. And I got a table uh, at the restaurant on 4th of July, waited till it was nice and prime time dark outside the fireworks start shooting out you can see the fireworks from like eight different counties and um while the fireworks were going off man i got down on that knee and uh made it happen of course she melted right there in the restaurant you know what i'm saying just bawling you know i ain't gonna oh, no lie doubt. though and my wife no, no teases doubt. me all the time she's like yo you know i'm, I'm pretty self-assured dude i don't get nervous much but she was like, yo, you were so nervous. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah, we remember I'm tripping. Yo, and I'm tripping because I really was, and I don't get nervous. Like, I'm, you know, I just don't really have that, you know, spirit about me most times, but I was nervous. I don't even know why I was nervous. Like I knew she would say yes, but I don't know, something about right when I got ready to get on the knee, like I was good all dinner. And then right when I was ready to get on my knee, I just started shaking. Like, I didn't know what was going on. So um, she said yes, but I think more importantly than how we proposed is, the fact that we all still very happily married, um, oh, you know that's the happy, key. So
2: i do it oh, again yeah, tomorrow. Absolutely,
1: man. Um, let's go to another question. Janice in Florida said, "CJ, when is that baby due? Um, the baby will be here June 11th, God willing. We had a doctor's appointment yesterday, and looks like all systems are go. Baby's uh, head down." We got, uh, you know, everything lined up. So she said, uh, I asked her because of course we travel. So I'm like, okay, look, I need as close to an exact date as possible. And she said, everything still looks good for June 11th. So um, y'all just keep me in prayer that the baby doesn't try to come while we're on one of our conference runs. Uh, 14th, of course, we're in Phoenix. So, you know, every time I I just got to keep the jet on standby and uh, get back if, if anything goes wrong. But the baby is due June 11th. We do have a name picked. I don't know if I told the name on the podcast, but her name, we're having a little girl this time, is uh, Avery Marie. So um, Avery Miss Miss Avery Marie will be here June 11th. Uh, the next question, CJ and Carl, and this is from Dave in Green Bay. Does E.T. ever swear? Hmm.
2: <laughs> Ooh, no. Nah. I, I, I've... I've never, ever heard E just bust out a swear My son about
0: to make me, though. My (laughs) son about
2: to make me. I swear he is. I've heard him spell them out. I've heard him reference them. But I've never heard him just bust it out. No, I think I'm going to be real.
1: I heard E cuss one time. One time. And I can't remember what word it was, but now I've heard him cuss more than that. Like he might have been repeating the story to me, and even then he really don't cuss. He might edit right. it or whatever.
2: He, right? He kind of. But one stride, time yeah. I don't
1: know what he was mad about, but you were mad about something, and it was a very light cuss word. It wasn't like the f bomb or something, but it was something. And me and E were at Cracker Barrel, and E cussed, and I remember thinking like, "Oh, E just cussed." Like and it was like crazy like but the answer is no man he does not swear um, i'm working on it I'm, I'm trying to get better
2: hey i, I was going to say see i'm thinking i'm thinking that we should have had e swear a long time ago all these comedians blowing up doing it we probably would have been right, out right. the wise dude oh, by now man. exactly
1: <laughs> no so no E does not swear um the Sinbad of Motivational Speak. for sure. Yeah, no, I guess, why, why don't you swear? You, you never really swore. You haven't really swore. You've never sworn since I knew you. I come from a background of a lot of swear, bro.
0: Professional swear. Yeah, they was professional swears. Professional. And, um, yeah, it, yeah, it was <laughs> you know? professional, bro. And uh, it just, you know how, like, you know, everybody got their, you know, pet peeve, that little thing that when the chalkboard, you know, put your, put your fingers on the chalkboard and it's just that sound for me as a kid hearing all that cursing it just it it just did it moved me the wrong way like it was eerie to me like it was i was like oh i don't like i just didn't like it you know so i was just like oh that's something that i'm not gonna do now there are other things that should have been a chalkboard (laughs) experience to me that wasn't but uh that was one of the ones that was
1: um real quick uh, eduardo in mexico city said hey guys love the podcast et quick question um how do i overcome stage fright Hmm. uh by getting on the stage (laughs) that's it by
0: getting on the stage that's it man you just got to keep you know keep getting out there man you got to keep doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and i they'll tell you i still get butterflies there's still times where i'm like everybody be quiet like i need you know i need to go internally because depending on what it is like Let's say when we're doing a corporation that could turn into a retainer that could turn into them joining our breathe university, you know, um, and, you know, and getting their uh, corporation, of course, you know, that's it's huge. And so I'm not, ain't nothing funny to me right then. Like y'all might be joking and laughing and playing and I'm not mad at y'all cause y'all doing it. But for me, I'm like, yo, I'm about to go on stage and maybe change the trajectory of our business, you know, of our financial situation. So Um, so yeah, man, I still get nervous, but I just think that when you get on stage and you know why you're doing it and who you're doing it for, you know, knowing what your motives are, that'll overcome it. I will say this too, like if you can have a story or a punchline or like your first couple words that you say, you know how like basketball players who want a free throw line, they have their little free throw line routine. Like I think you should have a routine that you do. Uh, what up, what up, it's your boy E.T., whatever, that kind of get the butterflies out. Sometimes I have to close my eyes, you know, to stay focused, like, whatever. But the, I'm being real, the more you do it, the more comfortable you become with it.
2: Hey, I read an article that um, I think, I <clears throat> don't quote me on it, but I think it was Bruce Springsteen or some, you know, some professional, professional musician that interviewed him and they interviewed like this starting, you know, like a, a rookie musician and they asked him like, yo, describe to me what it's like when you go out on stage. So they, they talked to the rookie dude first, and my man was like, yo, my palms get sweaty, my mouth is dry, you know, my stomach, I feel the bubbles, and man, they just free- I just freeze. And they asked Bruce Springsteen, or I think it was Bruce Springsteen, and he said, yo, my palms get sweaty, my mouth gets no dry, my no stomach job. gets the right. bubbles, and then I just get out there and just got to do it. And so it's the exact same thing that happens to you both, man. I think E just said something cool, though. Um, the one or two times that I've had to get up and say something, just just find a story that is your life, something that people can relate to. You know what I'm saying? E does a phenomenal job that You know, everybody knows about E's entire life story. But um, you share something that's personal, then you don't have to, you know, you don't have to feel your way through it. You know the story and that's how you break the ice and you get out there. I mean, I don't know if it's corporate or whatever, but you find something that you know well, that you're comfortable with and use that as your yeah, starting point. Absolutely. Pool. And
1: I would say, you know, repetition, practice as, as much as you can. Try to recreate whatever environment it is in your mind, what have you, so that you are prepared when you get out there. I think, you know, lack of preparation can you know, make you nervous, like for real, if you're not prepared, like I don't know if anybody ha- ever had to speak in front of the class and you didn't quite have an answer and you didn't know what the teacher was going to ask you, the level of confidence Man, is get you low, every time. but yeah. when you know the answers yeah. and when you're ready and you prepared and you studied all night, you like, come on, bring it on. So I would also add in, um, you know, just that preparation component, that practice component and um, take it to the next level with that. That's it for Ask ET. Uh, we're gonna get into et's nugget of the day but first man guys I got some bad news um, we we actually we dropped out of the top 10 in our category man in, in the, on, on iTunes so listen now we ain't gonna cry about it but we are gonna ask y'all to join us in um, leaving a review spreading the podcast we dropped out of the top 10 It's all right we'll be back you know we fighters that's what we do with' the underdogs. And I know this podcast hasn't been, you know, running for as long as some of the other ones, man. But, you know, we need to get back in that top 10 spot where we rightfully uh, think we need to be in terms of the content and the information that we're putting out. So please, please, please go write a review. I know, listen, we got 330 reviews, I think, and we're getting 20,000 downloads per um, episode. So I know you guys, you know, can go out there, leave the review. I know you're saying, oh, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. It really does help us help push our ranking up into the top 10. We need to be in the top 10. We need to be at number one, and we're going to keep working hard until um, we get to that spot. And you guys are a big part of that. So if you can go on there, leave us a review, spread the podcast, tell a friend about it, um, let them know, and uh, we can get back up into that top 10, man, and keep this podcast rolling at a high level for you guys. So, um, yeah.
2: And C, just a quick, um, Indianapolis, man, we apologize, but we had just some issues with the date, so we had to postpone um, that session, but we, we'll be, we trust me, we're getting there. we getting there. We're not going to leave y'all out, but just want to make sure everybody's aware that Indianapolis, man, yep. we, yeah, we had to postpone yep, that We so. uh,
1: May 14th. We're still on for Phoenix. It's going to be an amazing time in Phoenix if you can join us there. Um, also... Uh, The boot camp, we are getting, I know I mentioned it last week, but we're getting close to finalizing that. I can't wait. See, I've been practicing. I've been practicing. We're getting close to finalizing that. Listen, man, I told you, just email info at etinspires and say you want to be on the list to get some information when we get the boot camp finalized, finalized. But we're doing it at Michigan State University on our home court. Man, it's going to be a crazy experience. I think E and I talked yesterday. We're going to limit it to about, I think, 150, E? I think we, yeah, we yeah, talked about, about 150, 150 people, start so here. the spots yeah, we'll are going to be there. super limited, man, but we're going to go in for a couple of days, you guys, to spend with us um, and really go to that next level. So be on the lookout for that, and if you know you're interested um, in, uh, towards the end of July, you're going to have some time, just email info at ET Inspires and say, hey, I'm interested in the boot camp information. We'll put your name on the list, and you'll be the first ones we blasted out to. Uh, with that being said, E, go on and take us out of here with ET's Nugget of the Day. All right, C, so... um.
0: Man, I wish I could tell you guys, you know, that it was going to be easy. I really do, you know, I'll be real with you, man. Sometimes when people ask me, you know, I get, man, I I, I get discouraged telling them, you know, 10,000 hours. And then, you know, it's not like, see, when you get to 10,000 hours, that that's it. Like 10,000 hours, see, is really, you know, the prerequisite, if that makes sense, you know, for the next level. But I would say to you, man, that the road is long. I'm just going to keep it 100. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to try to, you know, um, I'm not going to try to minimize, man, the grind, bro. The lo- the road is long, right? And uncertain, right? Flat out, it's long and it's uncertain. Like, I can't tell you, ET, when am I going to blow up? ET, when is it going to happen for me? E.T., is it eight months? Because if it's eight months, I can, I can endure Is it. Is it eight years? Because I can endure it. I can't tell you how long. It took your boy 18 years of doing this grind before y'all knew who I was. Before, you know, I became public. You know what I'm saying? So, yep, the road is going to be long and uncertain. Some days, man, you're going to feel like you blind or you walking in the dark. Some days, you're going to want to quit and give up because... It's going to seem like you made no effort. You put in, look, you made effort in terms of, you know, you put in the work, but you don't see that your effort is paying off. You don't see any results from it, bruh. Sis, you don't see no results. You like, E, I woke up early like you told me. I'm grinding like you told me. You know, I'm networking like you told me. I'm investing like you told me, but it ain't happening. It's going to be long and it's going to be uncertain. But there's one thing CJ, Carl and myself can tell you, that if you keep believing, if you keep believing, bro, you keep believing, sis, that one of these days, your dream is gonna be a reality, that you're literally, literally gonna be walking in it, sleeping on it, we in those hotels now. I've been in the private jet, we we, 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 we have the marriage, we got the kids, you know what I'm saying? We have the health, we have the wealth, You know, but if I would have stopped before those 18 years, where would I be? See, if I would have quit on the 20th year, see, where would I be? If I would have stopped the PhD on the fifth year, see, where would I be? So to all my family out there, yep, it's going to be long. Yep, it's going to be hard. Yep, it's going to be uncertain. But I can guarantee you this. If you do not stop when you get punched in your face, if you do not give up and you do not give in, One day they're going to be calling you a legend. One day people will remember your name. But if you quit before it's time, all the work that you put in will be in vain. So do your boy E.T. a favor. Don't you dare give up. And don't you dare give in. Keep dreaming. Keep grinding. And like my boy Zig Ziglar said, I'll see you at the top.
1: Appreciate that, E. Thank y'all for listening once again. Go leave that review. We'll see you next week. Please leave that review.
0: I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate.